we are doing this. And I'm periodically going to be checking the Emmy Awards to see how many Emmys that Ted Lasso wins. They've won two so far. The Emmys is when? Oh, is the Emmys tonight? The Emmys is tonight. I don't, I don't the, follow any of that shit. The, the shame nun, Hannah Waddingham, just won an Emmy for her role on okay. Ted Lasso. Uh, quick question. <clears throat> what is Ted Lasso? Uh, the best show that has ever been on television, on streaming. Uh, well, uh, listen to episode, like, I don't know, what, which I think it was episode, like, 190-something when I talk about it. Actually, Omar, go back and listen to all of them and report back and tell us which okay. episode it I'll was. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> anyway, okay, yeah. Uh, but uh, for the people out there that know what Ted Lasso is, you're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 202, side B. Or just episode 202. Broken mirror. If you heard that little bit that Rob Feeding Sapphire Flames and from the ashes I could make myself the truth hurts. Surprised he didn't say anything. Uh he was talking about the the numbering. So the numbering is having to change. We used to do like an episode 100 side A and an episode 100 side B. We are now going to split them up. Uh, the episodes that come out on uh, Thursdays, I assume, will be uh, side A episodes, and they will and the numbering will keep going for the side B episodes. So it'll be 201 side A, 202 side B, so on and so forth. That is to cause our uh, host software to not melt down and occasionally put episodes in the wrong order and mess other things up it just makes numbering a lot easier but i still like the side a side b thing uh so nothing is really changing on that end just because you know we're children people are gonna spend like an hour looking for 202 side a yeah well that's fine april fools april fools day yeah our our uh, listeners must like being annoyed, or else they wouldn't listen to us. <laughs> well, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, my name is. Uh, I didn't change the names. I should have changed the names. Uh, my name is uh, Neon. I don't know. Neon. Yeah, my name is Neon, and I am joined by uh, uh, what are the other? What was it? Mother? What was Mohawk? It? I'm joined by Mohawk <laughs> and Crimp Hair Girl. <laughs> and mother superiorlessness uh, <laughs> reverend and the reverend mother reverend so mother. one of you is mohawk yeah and i am pat benatar's is... haircut <laughs> <laughs> yes you are pat benatar's haircut and this is going well uh, uh this is a side b episode and we are going to talk about a movie called phoenix the warrior a movie that has actually made me stupider <clears throat> uh, this movie is also known as she wolves of the wasteland if you were looking for it to watch, which is a mistake, don't look for it to watch. No, you, you probably should. Although it also, was free on Tubi. It is free. Uh, it does have interesting cover art. Uh, there are no she-wolves, but there is a wasteland. I'm not entirely sure why they want the she-wolves of the wasteland as the original title. It's free, but that doesn't help me um, figure out it what anymore. it's about. I still don't. I'm not totally, completely sure. Well, 100%. the money you saved not paying for it, you could pay for a specialist to come to your house and explain it to you. <laughs> well, I can do that for free on this podcast. Just listen to this podcast. No, I don't know what it's about either. <laughs> I was kind of... Fair enough. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, spoilers. If any of you figured out what it's about, uh, you one of you guys t- tell the listeners that we're, I don't know, going to spoil this or something. You, I mean, really? There, there's, there's no spoiling this. This movie spoils itself. This movie spoiled decades ago. <laughs> uh, this movie is like pulling out a six-month-old sandwich from the back of your fridge and taking a big whiff. What's wrong with six-month-old sandwiches? I mean, they got penicillin on them, so it should be yeah. good, right? Yeah. They should improve your immune system. There are people making their way back to the workplace and finding the lunches that they left in the fridge <laughs> a year and a half ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's going to be some awesome workplace errors. Like this tuna salad sandwich I left in there in March of 2020. <laughs> I dare you to eat it. Oh, uh, simpler times back then. Yes. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Yes, uh, it's a sp- uh, spoilers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this movie, it's interesting. I picked this movie, sorry, because we had watched another movie starring Persis Kambata, and it was Megaforce. Mm-hmm. And she was actually one of the bright spots of that movie. And I recognized her, I think, from other things, James Bond movie, things like that. And then we looked, and she had had a tragic uh, death soon after this movie. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about this movie. Because um, I never heard of we it. We should not have talked about this. <laughs> oh, no, we should not have. Um, that was really the reason it ended up on our movies to watch list, and I just kind of grabbed it as a result of that. Uh, the weird thing is, it also, we just so happened to be doing this right around the same time as Why the Last Man has just hit TV. And this movie kind of has that same kind of vibe where there is, maybe not vibe, it has the same base Premise, idea. In a way. Yeah. Where there's like, one dude and a pregnant person wandered around. So it's very close to Children of Men, except it sucks. <laughs> and Why the Last Man, except it sucks. But it was just kind of a weird timing where I watched this and then I decided to watch the first episode of Why the Last Man on Omar's... Uh, recommendation. Yes, uh, recommendation, yeah, yeah. Your recommendation. And I was like, oh, wow, this could be in the same world, except, you know, one of them sucks. Um... So what are your initial uh, – let's let's do the uh, some of the initial stuff well, here. The, the, uh, the movie was actually released on Halloween of 1988. It came out uh, October 31st, 1988. And it does st- – uh, it was directed by Robert Hayes, stars Persis Kambata, as we discussed. Also, Kathleen Kinmont, Peggy McIntaggart, James Emery, Sheila Howard, Nina Jaffe, Courtney Caldwell, Skylar Corbett, and Lori Denuncio. All of those people were were immediately liquefied after starring in this movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And the, synop- the synopsis, I don't know that this is an official synopsis, but this is the only one that I found, was big hair, big guns, big personalities, and a serious lack of wardrobe. She-Wolves of the Wasteland, a post-apocalyptic story that features women, lots and lots of women, who leave little to the imagination as they battle each other in various junkyards and gravel pits to determine the fate of the entire world. Okay, that's a movie I want to see. <laughs> I'm all over that. Instead, <laughs> we got this shit bag. I don't know what that was that you just read, but yes, please, count me in for that. <laughs> oh my god. 
my <laughs> initial thoughts were, holy shit, this is bad. Yeah. Your initial thoughts no are my initial thoughts. It, this is just terrible. Uh, the, the first thing I thought, because of the, the way the intro is um, is done, is it looks like a, 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 a B version of an already B movie, uh, Mad Max. <laughs> like the yeah, original. Road Warrior. Yeah, right? it, Road Warrior, absolutely. Right? And I'm not saying that's a bad movie. I'm just saying that this is... It looks like they, they took a would page out of that. Ma- would that make this like a... A D movie or a C movie? This is like a C D, a double D movie. Oh, Shaboying, good one. There you go. <laughs> well played, Greg. well played. No problem. <clears throat> What's funny is I am also listening at the same. My my book at the moment is a book about the history of uh, '80s metal, glam metal, and I just got past the early portion of Motley Crue. Nice and. Uh, like Exodus and like that, era, like the early, like the Too Fast for Love. Yeah, uh, shout at the devil. Like nineteen eighty four, eighty five ish. Yes, and what one of the things they're talking about is how, and I, I probably could have put this together in my own brain, but they were talking about how a lot of their costumes were actually based on the Road Warrior and Mad Max, where I just kind of thought it was the easiest stuff to get because a lot of times they were stealing the like lace and leather and things like that from their girlfriends and just like, okay, let's take this belt. And instead of wearing it as a belt, I'll make wear, wear it as like a, a chest thing, you know, going across my chest right. or around my head or my something. Pants and yeah. So I kind of thought that, and then it was like, Oh, Oh, they were actually trying to look like Mad Max hmm. because it's some, which it should be obvious, but it's just not. So it's, it's interesting watching this movie. That's also trying to be Mad Max several years later, four or five years later, but it's, just you know, with women, but, and good. I was gonna say that's interesting that they were going for the Mad Max look because it's so, and and even this movie, I would equate the way that they look in this movie more to Too Fast for Love era Motley Crue than Mad mm-hmm. Max. Yeah, and it looks like the the uh, oh uh, looks to kill video like it yeah. looks exactly like looks to kill. Video. That's exactly <laughs> you're exactly right. You're you're totally right. So that was that was my initial thought. Uh, and the other – I guess the other initial thought, and I'm sure we all had this thought as well, is that whenever you see a movie where it's like this fantasy of, you know, all the guys are dead except for one of them and all of the women are, you know, angry, hot, and not wearing a lot of uh, clothing, you're like, yeah, this director is a pervert. Mm-hmm. And, and I got I to gotta say that uh, this movie – actually kind of made me feel old because as I'm watching this movie and I'm going, huh, if I were the last man and I had to repopulate the world, (laughs) fuck, that seems like a lot of work. I don't know that I want to do that. (laughs) I'm like, shit, I am old. (laughs) I hope the other thing that survived was Red Bull because I'm going to need it. (laughs) I'm going to need it. Sure, I'll help repopulate the world. Bring me an espresso. <laughs> I mean, am I the only one there? Or, I mean, th- that just seems daunting. <laughs> you make a compelling argument. That's. Uh... <laughs> I didn't go that far down the rabbit hole. Um, I, I did. Uh, I felt old more because of Halloween Horror Nights, and it took me like a day and a half to recover. 
Dude, I slept I slept till like one o'clock the next day. I was sore. Walking around a theme park after not having done it for a while is painful. Well, I was I was fine in that respect simply because I, I popped some uh, ibuprofen before I went to bed. Yeah. Um, oh, good idea. I so yeah, I took ibuprofen before I went to bed. But I it, by the time we finished Halloween Horror Nights, I had been up for almost twenty two, twenty three hours. Because I'd gotten up at five, we didn't get back home until three. So twenty, what twenty two hours? Twenty two hours. And I was on my feet for almost all of it. Now, in your sleepy fugue, did you write a post apocalyptic movie where only women survive? And want to have sex with you? No, because that was a lot of work. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you should look like on your you know your little texting app or something. But anyway, uh, did, did you get one from me in my sleep? Maybe. In my sleep fugue? Maybe. Ooh. What's so, good? as I was said, it better you... than this piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let us say yes. Uh, it's just like a bunch of emojis, and it's better than this. Uh, the so what was the apocalypse that happened in this? Because I've watched so many apocalyptic movies recently that I don't remember if they ever say it. They do. I, I'm not even sure. In the at the beginning of the movie, they mention. Was um, it like I a think, war? I, I think she says. There's like a little narration at the beginning of the movie, and I believe she says. Uh, it's not biological. It's something else. I can't remember the word she used. No, it, I think it was. I think it was three consecutive like major um, clashes. Like there was a world war, and then there was uh, like another kind of war, and then there was a biologic war, and it just kind of wiped out all of the men on the planet. But do you know? But I don't recall seeing that in the movie. I saw that on the movie poster. Like if you read the I, poster, it I want to say it was at the very beginning of the movie. Okay, maybe they said all three, and I was already falling asleep. Like, like one of those, like one of those things where, like, they do the text at the beginning of the movie. Correct, you know exactly. Mean? Yeah, I don't remember them saying all three of those. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. But they definitely there's like three different cataclysms. The first one's like a nuclear war, and then there's like a biological something or other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then all the guys are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a woman that happens to be pregnant somehow. Oh, I think she's pregnant because they did like a. There's the, the, the reverend mother's the been the reverend mother has been like or harvesting. So not all the men are dead. Yeah, there's some of them are in jars. Yes, like Matrix style, and basically this one woman gets pregnant, finds out it's a boy, and escapes. But most of the women, if I recall, they don't know that there's still some men. Correct. Correct. Like, they the, think like all that's the men are gone. that's a secret. Yep, that's why they all get the Pat Benatar haircuts, because they're like, whoa, who do we have to impress? Let's... We're going full Pat Benatar here. <laughs> and there's there's a couple of questions, because there there's a question as to how long this has been going on, because the main character encounters a man and then is completely unfamiliar with how male anatomy works. So they can't have been around when she was an adult. So it had to, I mean, this had to have been going on for at least, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. Yeah, she she was probably born after they were gone. Right, because she she really doesn't know, you're right, she thinks she broke him. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like, I don't understand how they keep having babies. And I mean, how is half of, how is most of the population not gone by now? I mean, because let's be honest, you you wipe out 
either all the men or all the women. The population is done. They they age out, they die, and that's it. That's it. Yep. And the world is survived only by house cats. <laughs> no, all the male cats are dead too. All the Ooh. male bugs, everything just dies. That's grim. Yeah, the the pregnant chick of well, first of all, you you did mention you said you looked this up, Rob, about the actual idea of repopulating. Other than making you very tired, yes. Uh, <laughs> how many how many of you does there need to be? Well, that's because there was. Um, I always kind of think about this question anytime I come across one of these apocalyptic movies where you know the population has been decimated or whatever. So I, I was always wondering how many how many people do you need to actually be able to repopulate the world and the scientist the the number that the scientists seem to come up with is 500 effective individuals meaning you have to have 500 breeding pairs or 500 people who are capable of breeding so it has to be at least i mean it can't be like 499 women and one dude i don't think so i would think it would have to be pairs so it's got to be 250 pairs so that you have enough genetic diversity to offset uh, any inbreeding that could possibly happen. Right, and five—that seems like, man, that seems like a like a low number to me. Mm-hmm. And and they actually said that you could do it with more, but you would have significant, um, you would have significant uh, problems with inbreeding. You mean you could do it with less people? Yeah, I believe the absolute bare minimum number that you could have was like fifty. That's unbelievable. I mean, I believe it, but it's just such a shockingly low number. I would have guessed in the thousands or tens of thousands to like to really repopulate with the genetic diversity necessary. 500 is I mean, I believe it, you know, but mm-hmm. it's I'm no, surprised. I mean, look, look, look at Alabama, they're doing fine at football. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, he's still bitter. <laughs> I have, ang- I have anger and rage. You have, okay. <laughs> oh, football season started. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's bitter that they beat the Gators. By two Got points. It. Two points. Uh, you only need one to win, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's funny. I, was, I you were talking about the the pairs, and I saw some article that was like. You know, the pandemic wasn't bad for everybody. These this many people met and got married during the pandemic, and the number was odd. So, <laughs> okay. so did that mean one of them like met and got married, divorced, and then married again? That's like, really funny. The number yeah. was odd. <laughs> like ended in like a seven or something. <laughs> or or there was a three way marriage. Polygamy. Yeah, there we go. There hey. you go. Whatever, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's one is more than enough work. I I don't know how people do like multiple ones. Mm. So, moving on from the apocalypse, uh, the the pregnant woman, all of us, I believe, noticed absolutely horrendous actress. Yes. Terrible. Not yes. only was she bad at acting, she was also bad at being pregnant. She was because she never was actually pregnant. I mean, the plot said she was, but she was rail thin. The, her stomach was uncovered the whole time. And then all of a sudden she gave birth, like, right, like the next day, basically. Yeah. And and I'm like, wait, what the, what the shit? What just happened? It, one of those, th- this movie had so many unannounced time jumps. 
Um, yeah, that think, came out of nowhere. She was pregnant, walking around, and then, boom, baby's coming out. Yep. What the hell? Well, and, and I also made a comment because they were walking through the desert. I mean, it, she she wasn't showing or anything, but the pregnancy, like, completely debilitated this chick. Like, they were walking through the desert, and, at, well, I mean, maybe it was one of those unannounced time jumps where they'd been there for, like, you know, six weeks or some shit. And, um, but she was, like, uh, Phoenix was, like, having to carry her because she was, like, oh. Oh, just yeah. like being drugged by your arm and shit. And it's like, I'm like, does pregnancy do this to all women? What the fuck? What is this? Doesn't seem like it. Yeah, that was pretty, it was bad. It was really bad. <clears throat> it was and, almost like know. they viewed pregnancy like an illness. <laughs> well, they they do a couple of those unannounced time jumps and they're like very unannounced. It's not like there's no fade out. There's no car, title card. There's no it's even like, mention. And scene. And then you like, figure out this is like five years later. It's like, what? Yeah, because like the child, she goes from flat stomach to giving birth to the kid that is very much four years old with long hair. And there's not a single, like, even someone being like, wow, it's been really hard raising this child for the past four years. Eh? No, like, the only like, hint is there's a four-year-old child walking around. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, that's it. There's no... Yeah, it was pretty bad. And again, this was 1988. They they had some editing technology that they could have done a wipe across the screen or a little sign. But no, nothing. Mm, no, just the kid being uh, walking around as a four year old was enough, I guess. But and what are, you know, we're looking for some, logic, and that's not going to work. Yeah, they could see some stuff too. Like there's a couple things that happen with the kid in where they cut to him, and it doesn't necessarily make it seem like the kid's looking, but. Like, I think when you mentioned the, the grabbing of the guy's crotch, like, the kid was right there, like, hanging out mm-hmm. on top of, like, some rocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he, he actually didn't didn't see the, the one part of the movie that kind of made me jealous was that I'm like, where where do these people find these waterfalls? Uh, the but, mythical water, waterfalls full of uh, bathing uh, apocalyptic warrior women? Nude women. Yeah. I'm like, what the? Where is this shit? Because it, it seems like it's in every apocalyptic movie. They're wandering through the desert, and then they find this oasis with, like, waterfalls. And there's, like, 15, you know, topless women just kind of, like, sitting in the water. Like, whoo, this is cold. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, what the shit? Yeah, I was wondering where that is, too. So so we can agree that three of us have not happened randomly upon a waterfall with naked women bathing in it. No, but I'm moving to a mountainous area. Like that's, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, think about it this way. Like there's no more men, right? So the whole planet is just naked women, hot lesbian action at this point. There you go. <laughs> Cause there's no guys. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe that scene. I had to, I was incensed. I had to watch it a few times to make sure that yeah, you were, you were angry. Then my anger was you just know, subsided. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. <laughs> I did find it interesting that every one of these movies, and this is probably because of budget, you have an apocalyptic movie and everyone is starving, yet they all seem to want to live in the desert. <laughs> and they have no trouble finding food. <sighs> yeah, a place that even before a nuclear apocalypse or germ warfare, or whatever it ends up being, like, they doesn't already have food. And they're going to pick that area. 
Um, I guess I'm assuming that's because a lot of those you can just film like by just going out into the desert, which is basically California. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, get get thee to Florida where I'm like have vines of weird destructive fruit growing on the side of my house, like at this moment, that is technically edible, just gross. Good point. Yeah. Fair enough. The desert. That's funny. Is that and supposed to imply that the deer. whole? Yeah. And you can eat the deer. True. <clears throat> but now is the is that supposed to imply that since it's post, I guess, nuclear apocalypse and all the other different types of apocalypse, the whole world is like a desert wasteland because everything's been destroyed? I don't think they go that far into it. I don't think so either. I'm just saying, like... Sadly, the sequel never came out. And in fact, I want to see I want to <laughs> see the movie that's made at the same time where the people are in, like, a lush green forest. Right. Because I feel like that one would be better. Because I don't more, think it would take more waterfalls. Much. Yeah, I think we'd have more waterfalls, more, more tree, more tree houses. I'm a big fan of tree houses. Uh, do we want to talk about the Reverend Mother, or as as someone wrote, the female Emperor Palpatine? Well, at she... one point she's like, I don't know. It looked like she was doing the, like the hand thing to like hurt. Yeah, but they they never <laughs> she I guess she has like some kind of superpower that they never explain. No, they, they don't. never they just kind of hint that she's got this power and she's like, "My power will become incomprehensible." And I'm like, "I don't even comprehend what your power is now, bitch. What are you doing? I don't get it." <laughs> okay, well, what what she is and I'm not I don't know her power, but what the thing is is she is like this crazy, crazed leader creature with all sorts of tubes and stuff coming out of her head, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But she has her like lackey, who's Persis Kambata's character, um, and Cobalt. Uh, Cobalt. Mm-hmm. And she apparently Cobalt has is basically enraged that this one uh, birthing person was like uh, escaped. Right, right. So, the whole point of the movie, I guess, is that Reverend Mother's like make sure that you get her and you know bring her back. But I'm not sure why. Was, they, was she like absorbing the life force of the babies? I I don't know. <laughs> That's the problem. Is I have no idea what she was doing or anything like that because they never really talk about it. They don't really show it. They don't talk about it. They just hint that she has this power, and I'm like, what the. F- I, I don't get it. Well, and... they even say that she has to, like, get... She gets, like, the life force or something of some of the... One of the captives. And she says it's not enough because she needs a man, like, life force or whatever. Uh, so it's... maybe it's that she can live long... Like, she's older than everyone. Like, way older. I'm wondering if that's what, ke- like, keeps her alive, maybe. Uh, she has, like, all sorts of weird, like, like little tubes coming out of her head and it was like the only cool part of the movie is they actually took time to make there be liquid flowing through these tubes like pumping through the tubes yeah it was gross Which, it was gross it was like two little loops a very narrow you know two plastic clear plastic tube and like you could tell there's probably some dude behind it like squeezing a little like air thing to squirt the water through it but but that was like the only thing that they paid any attention to detail on yeah 
it was because of that that special effect that the director had to have that none of the other the rest of the movie was good probably um <laughs> the only so other thing this is another thing that you know we could have just done all post-apocalyptic movie tropes for this episode uh dune buggies post-apocalyptic yep. movies in uh the 80s some 90s all had dune buggies or go-karts as i accidentally called it earlier but um i guess they just assume that dune buggies would be the last thing left and the best way of moving around well, I also kind of believe that they'd be better better on gas than some of the other, like the Road Warrior, where you've got these gigantic trucks and everything. I, I, yeah, I believe they'd soak up gas really quick. But yeah, that's true. Well, you also have to like tie a gimp to the front of your gigantic truck. True. <laughs> true. So that that just weighs down your truck, and then or a big guitar player guy attached to slinkies or whatever. Yeah, right. Yes, there's fire launching out of it. Uh, so they, we've got that. At some point in their adventures, they happen upon what I believe to be the last free man wandering around alive. Mm-hmm. And he is not the virile stud that I think that any of these women would have wanted. No. It's and like she a, breaks him. And it's just a bald dude with a mustache. Which, as having at one point in my life been a bald dude with a mustache. I mean, the mustache was only for, like, a couple hours. That is a joke, but still. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's, he looked to me like Mr. Noodle from Elmo, from all yeah. the Elmo episodes. Yeah. A little bit less insane, but. A little bit uh, less scrawny. He, he did have yeah. a little, I, I will, I will say that he, he was not nearly as scrawny as Mr. Noodle. He was. Here. He was taller, he was bigger, he was a little bit more built, but still, he kind of looked like Mr. Noodle. And she walks up to him and is like, and grabs him right on the crotch, which we've talked about. No, 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 that's after she knocks him out. Oh, yeah, she does, she knocks him out. Because she knees him in the groin, and he goes down, and then they hit him over the head and knock him out. And then she just immediately starts grabbing his crotch. Oh, a man! I've never seen one! Oh my god, I think I broke him! There's nothing worse than a man that doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> that was funny. Oh. That was actually the most, like, the most deep line in any of these movies we've ever met because it actually <laughs> yeah. has multiple levels. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't have sex with the end. He just sits on the couch all day playing video games. <laughs> Damn it. Um,. So he, of course, joins our rowdy crew of like we actually kind of just we have the pregnant girl the the um and then there's the warrior chick who shows up eating an apple as the girl is trying to escape throws the apple up in the air and then mows people down yeah and then like catches an it yeah and catches it and I guess that's really a great place to talk about the fact that uh, there's two things that the writer of this movie has no idea how they work one is pregnancy mm-hmm. <laughs> two is any weapons at all. Correct. Uh-huh. So you guys had a lot of stuff about the weapons. I'm going to let you just go nuts. What, what do you have to say about that? Um, Swords don't work versus guns. <laughs> what? It's probably never a good idea to let a lookout call for backup before killing them. As they just watch this girl figure out that they're invading the camp, and she's like, 
And they're like, oh, you know, we could snipe her from here, but let's see what happens. Maybe she won't do anything. And then she just immediately yells for, for backup. And it's like, oh, well, that was dumb. Um, there, <laughs> There's a scene. I swear to God. I was like, holy shit. She was, um, the main character, Phoenix, was caught. And she was forced to fight in this gladiator arena. And um, her her friend, who's no longer pregnant, comes to comes to help, and starts throwing shit into the arena to help her out. And she goes, "Phoenix!" and then throws a spear into the arena. And I swear to God, it damn near hit her head. I was like, "You almost fucking killed her with that!" <laughs> what the fuck? Throw it to her, not at her. It's yeah, exactly. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I think it was this movie. There was one one attack with a sword where they were like, the people were really close together, and it was like, the sword almost looked like it was pressed between them, and the other and the person like went ah as if he had gotten or she I guess had gotten hit with a full slash. It mm-hmm. was like, it was like, oh, but but that's yeah. not even the worst one. the <laughs> The worst one was when they were in the uh, the TV graveyard or whatever the hell it was where they where they got captured. And with the skeletons sitting on the couches and stuff. Yeah, yes. yeah, and and there's actually like a skeleton with nothing on it, no clothing or anything, and the girl walks past it and like pokes it like it's gonna get up. I was like, the fuck are you doing? I, I noticed that too. What do you think and, is gonna happen? And they you know, then they then they get ambushed by the uh by the T V worshippers or whatever. And they start shooting and it becomes a firefight. You know, the the T V worshippers are shooting, they're shooting back, and they have this one scene where the guy, I think it was the guy, he aims his gun and he pulls the trigger and they and they flash over to where he was aiming at. And you see the bullet ricochet in the dirt, like six feet away. Six feet away from the person he was aiming at. He hit the dirt. And the dude goes, ah, throws his hands up and falls down. I was like, what the shit? <laughs> It wasn't even close to you. What happened? I don't... <laughs> it ricocheted off the ground, off a tree, and then back into the other person's spine. Apparently. I, I was like, oh my <laughs> god, this is so bad. The the freaking, the freaking warrior women in the waterfall were all just completely inept. I mean, they didn't take out any of the invaders, even though they all had weapons and they were shooting. Like, everyone was shooting... And the the invaders took out all of the warrior women, and then when Phoenix went to escape from the um, from the arena, then all of a sudden all the invaders who had captured them were completely inept, and they were just like meat shields, like they were standing in front and shooting <laughs> like like stormtroopers. They turned into stormtroopers. I swear to God, they were trying to shoot and they hit nothing, and they just got wiped out. I'm like, is is this? Is this a disease? Is this like the stormtrooper disease? They like invaded the the women and caught it from them. They invaded the warrior women, caught the stormtrooper disease. That's what happened. It's exactly what happened. I, I thought it was yeah. Whenever there's these these gladiator sequences, like they're put like a wooden shield on someone's arm and they're like, okay, swing at it, and like you can tell they don't really want to hurt the, which is correct, but still you have to like at least act it. So, like, none of these people were taking full swings. They were, like, but the person was reacting as if they did. It was just a bad, bad. There was not a single good action sequence if you, there. 
if you've ever seen a bad wrestling match with two very obviously new wrestlers, that was exactly what all the action sequences were. That's really funny. That's a good analogy. Yeah. I want to do a little bit of a quiz for for Omar, our music person. The sequence of the the TV area in the, the woods reminded me of two uh music videos or two not music videos uh two musicians from the 80s one a female punk musician and one another band uh if you could name either of those bands you could to guess what i wrote in my notes the one of them might actually where they're the tv stuff the tvs yeah and like it actually some of like these like things in like the skeletons and stuff like that it kind of looked like a sequence out of uh out of halloween horror nights which we talked about earlier it kind of one part of that scene, the way it was done, because there's like a TV, and I mean it's a little bit different because there's skeletons or whatever. But there's like a TV in like a field, and there's like smoke. Mm-hmm. It looked like a scene from The Wall. Oh, yeah, actually, one of the cutaways. One of the yeah, like one of the little yeah. dream sequences or whatever. I had uh, beds are the beds are burning video um, from Midnight Oil. Uh, uh, but well, I also wrote the, down. Um, can I guess? Oh yeah, yep. I. I I think it's just because of some of the women and the way they were dressed, but they reminded me of, um, you, you know who Exine Cervenka is? I do not. She's just a punk chick from, from that time. Um, and they, I mean, she could have been in the movie, like the oh, way wow. that she looked. But who I was, did you I was probably very close. Uh, Wendy O. Williams. That she used to have the, all yes, the TVs. Yes, 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 All the yes, TVs she would smash with like yes. a sledgehammer. <laughs> yes, Wendy Williams. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Not Wendy the, Williams, the talk Wendy show host? O. Williams. No, it's Wendy no. O. Williams. She was, she, you've funny. probably seen videos of hers where it was like stuff smashing through like walls of televisions and stuff. Yes. Um, she That's was a funny. big uh, MTV star. Well, I think people know her antics more than they know her music from the 80s. I don't think yeah. she's alive anymore. I'm pretty sure she's not alive anymore. Um, let's see. Wendy O. Williams. She died in 1998. Anyway, um, yeah, that's what uh, what came to mind when I was watching that. Um, yeah, Wendy, that makes a hundred percent sense. Yep. Yep. Uh, what did you guys have to? Uh, so you, someone mentioned the ear. Yeah. The... It when when Phoenix gets finally caught at the um, at the TV worshippers graveyard or whatever the hell it was. Um. Cobalt, Persis Kambata's character, cuts off her ear as a souvenir as they're taking her hostage. And I would have completely forgotten about it, and that would have been perfectly fine because they make absolutely no attempt to hide the fact that she's got both ears for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Like, she very clearly still has both ears. And I would have completely forgotten about it, except for towards the end of the movie, Cobalt, Persis Kambata's character, mentions it again. And she's like, I need, uh, your ear made a great trophy or whatever. And I'm like, oh shit, that's right, she cut off her ear. And in the very next scene, she's wrestling with her, and you can very clearly see that she has both ears. I'm like, what the shit? Really? Well, it was funny you're, because they're not even trying now. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they. If I recall correctly, the the thing that they used to cut off her ear, it, it, it was more like a stick. It wasn't even like a sharp 
like knife of some kind. I'd have to go back and I don't know. I don't remember. But the other thing was she just kind of makes like barely a noise and then just passes out. Like she doesn't really <laughs> like she just kind of goes like uh, and then just falls down. And like, I'm sorry, I think if your ear was cut off, you'd be a little bit louder. Like it would be more of a a thing. There'd be more fanfare. Is it just me? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not just you. Um, <laughs> I, I think cutting off someone's ears a little bit more than just, eh, I, and then you. I just think fall we. Down. I think we chalk that up to bad acting again. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's just there. There's a lot. There's a lot happening. I Quick think question. this movie was made because the director wanted to see boobs. Well, he got he he yeah he did it. I have a question. He got a lot of here. boobs. Question to you guys about uh, about. The the post-apocalypse life. Right? Okay. What things would survive and or would you need? Twinkies. Okay. Fair. Lots and lots of Twinkies. Mm-hmm. Twinkies. What else? So in this movie, there was guns, obviously. They, they have cars of some kind because they have those, like, dune buggies. What else? Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta believe... Some way to a, turn my urine into drinking water. There you go. Okay. I gotta believe that in a post-apocalyptic world, after, I don't know, two, three years, that the swords would be your best bet because I would feel like all the bullets would be expended at that I point. I was just going to say bullets. You need a way to keep making them. Right. I... I think that... I think the swords and that the bows and it arrows It also depends. It depends on the... Uh... What type of apocalypse it is? Because if it's if it's like a zombie apocalypse, you want swords, because you don't want to call more zombies to your encampment. Fair enough, because mm-hmm. they're allowed, right? Yeah. Where um, where do toothpicks rank? <laughs> I, yeah, I noticed that. In fact, it's funny because that's that was one of my that was actually the first note that I wrote down. <laughs> so the we've had the apocalypse. It's clearly decades, and you're spitting out toothpicks like it ain't no thing. Where where'd you find them? Like you're in a desert. Like there's there's no like Morton Steakhouse like ruined in the background. So where'd you get the goddamn toothpicks? Yeah, right. There's not <laughs> even any trees that you could have just carved one out of and whittled it. And it wasn't like a stick or a twig or like a hay, a piece of hay. It was a full on toothpick. Am I one wrong? My, one of my favorite little things that I've heard or said, or I don't even know who said it, but. They were talking about the Guns and back to music, the Guns and Roses uh, "Welcome to the Jungle" video, mm-hmm. where Axel steps off of a bus into Los Angeles and looks, and he's because they're trying to make him look like he's like farm boy. He's he got steps off. Yeah. He's got a piece of like hay in his mouth. Yeah. But like he's from Indiana, so if he took a bus all the way from Indiana to Los Angeles and he was chewing on the same piece of hay the whole time, yeah, it'd be a nasty piece of hay. Yeah, that'd be and gross. that's like maybe that toothpick was the last known toothpick. <laughs> mm. She's. She'd had it since she was ten. <laughs> she was yeah. the same toothpick. <laughs> yes. That's as like the one biological of the first as the biological weapon took her father's life. He handed her, <laughs> hit her a toothpick and said, "Daughter, use this well." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she shows up in a bit with like a in a bikini with an M sixteen and chewing on a toothpick. So, Correct. Right. It's right there. That's the big thing. Yeah. That's like that is. It's on my first note. I had uh, always a repopulate humanity storyline. Women were all called breeders in this movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. It looks like a Motley Crue video. Crazy old lady with wires in her head and then bikini chicks with M16s chewing on toothpicks. Uh, how the hell did... The... Oh, Riptide. That was another one of the great names for this movie. Cobalt, oh, yeah. Riptide, Mohawk. Uh, I believe Riptide died very early. That's why I forgot her. And Rattail. I think Rattail was the one that got blown up. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't remember how this ended. Uh, I was probably in a fugue state by the time this ended. I very literally fell asleep at one point. They they killed her. They killed the Reverend Mother. Of course. Oh, yeah, with like, was it with a, with a weird knife? They cut the... Uh, she cut the, the, the Ketracel white wires. Yes. That was a Deep Space Nine reference, by the way. Ooh. Steve, uh, we hey, you're allowed that. We talked about Molly Crew and Wendy Williams, so you can, you can, if you want to like drop a like Dungeons and well, you didn't do Dungeons and Dragons. I'm gonna drop like a medieval reference in there that I'm cool with that. Deep no, Space but there, the there was there was a um, uh, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom moment. Oh, what was that? The the girl with the sword who stood in front of the guns. Oh, yeah. yeah, and she's doing did her stuff. little sword flourish, yep. and then they just kind of looked at her and shot her. Yep. <laughs> it was yep. like. Okay. Yep. Guns are better. <laughs> you can always look look at this a little bit deeper and be like, that is how that person chose to go out. It lived their entire life and were still not smart enough to not swing a sword around in front of a bunch of people with guns. Or brave enough to stand up even though she didn't yeah. have a gun. She knew she was dead. She That's went it. out on her own terms. That's it. If I can distract them with my amazing sword prowess for at least another couple seconds, maybe I'll help someone else live. It See, didn't the work. problem was, was she wasn't topless, because if she'd have been topless, then she would have distracted them, because the entire world is, is all in on this lesbian action. She would have distracted them to be able to get close enough. That's what it was. Good point. Yeah. All right, and like this pervert think. director would have been like, yeah, you're mesmerized by her boobs. Walk closer so she can stab you. But no, no no one in the warrior camp lived. And every one of the invaders survived. And it's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, she tried. And yeah. then it was reversed. I think that's it. This is one of those weird movies that I found nothing else about. Like, I like to try to find the history, of the, not the history, but like the... The making of the movie, the budget. Did you find the budget or the box no, office? No, I will. No. But I don't Why think... Why it had two titles, I couldn't figure out. I think that's because nobody cared. It's just like, such a poorly done movie. Like, everything about it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, like, the, like, the only thing I found that was remotely interesting was the fact that the, uh, the, one, the one blonde lead was in... What did I say she was in that we just watched? Um... Kathleen Kinmont, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was in something. Oh, oh, oh. That's what it was. Uh, she was in Bride of the Reanimator. That's what it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Gloria. Mm-hmm. All right, I missed that one. Uh, we did. We actually went to see that last uh, last year around Halloween at the theater. Or two years ago. NZN. No. Yeah. Oh, they were ago. doing... Okay. I forgot about the NZN. Yep. So, I think that takes us away from the movie because there was not a lot of stuff... That was, you know, we could find no budget, no how much it made, other than the fact that it came out on video, straight to video in October of uh, 1988, Halloween of 1988. Um, there is some news. I did look up the news. Um, 
And it's always weird when the news actually coincides with other news that is going on at this exact moment. Okay. Uh, this was the day that Imelda Marcos was brought from the Philippines to the United States to be sentenced for stealing uh, how much it was uh, four was it hundred million dollars or four hundred million dollars from the Filipino government, a hundred million dollars from the Philippine government. Um, which is very weird because the same the day that we're covering this, Manny Pacquiao announced that he's going to run for president of the Philippines, and one of the reasons why is that the people run, that are also going to be running are Marcos uh, surrogates. They're kind of backed by the Marcos family. The Marcos family, I don't think they had to give mm. back the money. Um, and I don't know too much about that. It was kind of a big deal back then because of the sheer amount of money that was stolen and how the rest of the country was living as a result of it. But um, Manny Pacquiao has decided to run for president because of these Mar these uh, the other politicians that are Marcos-backed. Um, I remember the big thing back then was they made they made such a big deal of her shoes. Yes, I was like that was huge. Like she had apparently so many pairs of shoes, and they were all like super you know expensive or whatever. Like an entire like palace just for her shoes, right? And yep. and uh, you know meanwhile people are like starving, whatever. Yep. Uh, Philip Morris, the company, the tobacco company, bought Kraft for eighteen billion dollars. Any guess as to how much it's worth now? They bought it for eighteen billion. Yeah, in eighty eight. Yep. Wow, that's a lot that's of money a lot of in nineteen eighty eight. Half a billion. Now, well, it's eighteen billion. No, no, no. Then. I'm saying now. Uh, ninety nine point eight three billion dollars now. Ninety nine billion. Okay. Yes, it also is no longer known as it's not Philip Morris that owns Kraft anymore. It's actually Altria. They changed their name in the early two thousands. I did not know that. Of, yeah, so it's Altria owns Philip Morris and Kraft. Because they wanted to be known for more than just cigarettes and tobacco. Uh, because it was Halloween, when I looked up the date of what happened, the first story that came up was actually a uh, a murder. A guy named Scott Frazee who was arrested for killing a nurse. Uh, just like someday Omar is going to get arrested for killing Rob. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> uh, she was his nurse at the hospital, and I guess he they. At the point that I saw the article, they didn't know what the reason why, but they found her body at his house. Uh, Linda Kenny, who was 36 years old, was found on the living room floor. Oh, no, sorry. They found it at her house, but I guess that one of the patients became infatuated with her. Uh, so Scott Frazee went and killed her, and they found her on Halloween, uh, which sounds a lot like a horror movie, which is why I decided to put it in there. Um, hopefully he is either dead or still in jail. Um. I think that's it. Uh, do we have movies and music? We do. This movie actually came out on a Monday. Um, so I think it was a direct-to-video release. Um, and I was there that night waiting in line to get it first. <laughs> and the the top ten on the billboard, at number ten, we had What's on Your Mind by Information Society. Wow. I remember this one. Red Red Wine from UB40. UB40. Desire from U2 at number eight. Yeah. Never Tear Us Apart in XS at number seven. One Moment in Time from Whitney Houston at number six. 
Here's one that you hear that you hear a lot about at karaoke nights. That's Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi. That was a pretty good. Ooh, one. Uh, what, ooh, 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 uh, ooh. Sorry. <laughs> the Locomotion, Kylie Minogue. Ooh. Groovy Kind of Love, Phil Collins at number three. I remember this one too. Wild Wild West, The Escape Club. Nice. At number two. That was a good one. Any guesses on the number one? October of 88. 88. It was actually November 5th of 88 because October 31st was a Monday. The Monday. So uh, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take a guess. I did not look at this, but I'm just going to take a guess. True Blue by Madonna. No. No. That's uh, pretty good. That's a good one. Um, it was a group. It was a group. In 88. And you said uh, Groovy Kind of Love was up there. And mm-hmm. Groovy Kind of Love was on its way down. Well, but it was on there, and then uh, um, and then Bon Jovi, Bad Medicine, right? That's from um, yeah. that's from New Jersey, the mm-hmm. New Jersey album. So the U two kind of peaked in the eighty seven. U two that wouldn't have been U two because Desire was at like number eight in or excess? whatever. No, no, because they were on there already too. Um, uh, Midnight Oil, Beds Are Burning. No, it's from the movie Cocktail. Oh God, Beach oh, Boys. Geez. It is the Beach Boys. Kokomo. Kokomo. Oh my God. Kokomo wow. was number one this week. <sighs> Motherfucking Kokomo. We had hey. a we had an <laughs> ongoing thing amongst the teachers of the graphic design one of the graphic design classes where a student was they have to do a travel poster and they wanted to do something tr- tropical and they actually they literally wrote a in their not knowing what they were doing they wrote I don't know if I should do Aruba or Jamaica. And it put that song in all of the instructors. There's like ten of us. All of the instructors' head for the rest of the week. <laughs> like I, we're like we're failing the student because we can't stop listening to Kokomo. <laughs> wow, Kokomo! And, Holy shit! And the movie list is just a wasteland. I'm like, these. This was what was available at this time. All right. Um, at number ten, you've got a fish called Wanda. Okay. Which at this point has been out for 16 weeks. Wow. And it was still at 10? And it's still at 10. That's impressive. It was a good movie. At number nine, you've got Without a Clue. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Uh, yeah. you have no at clue. number eight, you've got Bat 21. I don't, I don't know what the fuck that is either. That sounds familiar, but I don't know. At number seven, you've got Mystic Pizza. Oh. Yes. Okay. At number six, you've got Feds. That's with the two oh. female FBI agents? No idea. Yeah. At number four, I believe I know this movie. Uh, I think it was Tom Hanks and Sally Fields, Punchline. Yeah. Were they comedians or whatever? Yeah. At number four, you've got a Sigourney Weaver movie that I know, but it's been out six weeks at this point. And that's Gorillas in the Mist. Huh. Yeah. At number three, you've got Alien Nation. Okay. I oh, that. that was good. I like that. At number two, you've got The Accused. Okay. Okay. That's and hard at to number watch. one, you've got Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Oh, so this is a big time for What's-Her-Face because she was in that too. In, in the top ten, there is literally... Only one movie that came out that week, and that's Feds. Yeah. Uh, Bat 21 
is a Gene Hackman, Danny Glover, uh, Vietnam. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, movie <clears throat> where okay. one of them gets shot down and the other one has to go rescue them. That's it. I knew it sounded familiar. Mm. At number twelve, Die Hard in its sixteenth week. God, nice. Wow. It's funny hearing those movies compared to Summer of '87, like that we just finished. Yeah. Because like every week was like a classic. Almost every week was like a classic movie. Yeah. And this is like a wasteland. It I mean, really is, com- comparatively yeah. speaking. I remember where I was when I first saw the Care Bears Adventures in Wonderland. That <laughs> was yeah. in my house this year. It was actually. in my living room two weeks ago. <laughs> Trying to stab your eyes out. Yeah. With, with, a, with a swirly straw <laughs> while snorting pixie sticks. Okay, that's – thank you for all that stuff. Um, well, this is the Give Me Five podcast, and you might wonder, why is it called the Give Me Five podcast? Well, because we do a top five list. And after watching this, you know, it's – we've been doing 200 of these questions, probably more because we did a couple doubles um, that we're like – it's like, okay, wh- where, which direction do we want to go? And we always try to base it on the movie, but, you know, we don't just want to be like the best apocalyptic movies because that's boring. But then I was – all I could think about was, hey, do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> but – Hey, Jimmy, do you yeah, like gladiator exactly. movies? Yes. You ever been to a like Turkish crack. prison? <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. Uh, from, if you don't know what that is, you shouldn't be listening to us. Uh, but then I was thinking, well, what's the best gladiator sequences? And, I'm, and it doesn't have to be uh, people in loincloths and swords. It can be basically any being forced to battle someone else in an arena kind of situation is, is where I kind of fell here. So it doesn't have to be like ancient Rome situation it can be any era it can be future it can be whatever and i'm sure that i missed a bunch of them be oh but they had to be forced yes well I'm, Shit. uh no no just i'm not I'm, you can't, i can't change it I, now. I basically did it as two people competing in an arena like battling in an arena with people cheering and jeering and stuff like that yeah because I don't know if one of the... And it doesn't even have to be people, by the way. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Plot twist. Dun, dun. Oh, well, that changes one of my... Okay. Yeah, it could be a, a superb episode of BattleBots from 2007. You don't know. Um, which, who should we do? Steel. Yeah. Oh, that would be a good one, actually. They're making a sequel to that. I heard that was really good. I have not seen that movie. It's very, very good. I actually enjoyed it with uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, should it didn't I do get good ratings, but I enjoyed it. Should I uh, do our patrons first? Yes. Okay. Hey, give me five podcast. It's Alec, and uh, top five gladiator fights in movies. I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of gladiator movies, so I don't have a great list. But I'll give it the best I got. Uh, honorable mention goes to Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. That scene I probably would have made most people's top five, but I put it as honorable mention. Uh, number five, I have the um, Snake Plissken scene from Escape from New York when he's fighting. I can't remember the guy's name, but that's kind of like a gladiator scene. Number four, uh, this is not technically a gladiator movie, but it reminds me of a gladiator-type atmosphere. It's when Black Panther fights. You can pick either fight uh, in the movie, but I'm doing the Killmonger one uh, in front of the whole tribe. I think that's that's pretty uh, that, that's pretty much the but I get gladiator movies like. Uh, number three, this is 
another different pick. It's the cable guy with Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick fight in uh, Medieval Times. They're jousting. That's kind of like Gladiator. <laughs> Number two, Thor versus Genius. Hulk. So I've got two Marvel movies on here, which just shows you how little Gladiator movies I've seen. And then number one is the obvious choice. It's uh, Gladiator, uh, the Are You Not Entertained scene. So there you go. I think uh, my cat was meowing in the background telling you her favorite films as well. Hope you like it. Bye. That was great. Uh, first of all, Alex's list was great. The cat's list was better. Mm. I I also enjoyed Meow, Meow, Purr, Meow, Meow. <laughs> um, I mean, that was good. Uh, there's a couple in there that I somehow missed, and I – yeah, he he had a bunch that I missed as well. Yeah, this is hard to look up because every time you looked up, it was glad. You know, what are the best gladiator movies? It was My... the gladiator movie, and I'm like, oh god. Yeah, um, right. and I saw a whole lot of Kirk Douglas in very very highly hiked loincloths. And Jesus Christ, I think he was having like some kind of medical condition. Yeah, there was something. <laughs> it was there was some bulges in places I didn't want to see bulges. His bulge was I it it looked like he had an infection. It was huge. I was like, "What the f- That's not that doesn't look right. I think you're <laughs> stuffing or you've got like some kind of swollen infection. It, it something looks off." He like went to the craft table before they shot a scene and grabbed a banana. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I can go first. Uh I uh see, I have my as my number 5, the Detective Pikachu opening battle between uh, Charizard and Pikachu and Gyarados, because mm. uh, I liked it a lot, and it was very cool seeing those Pokemon like in you know realistic formats. But the Killmonger fight is pretty good, so yeah, I'll just keep it what I what I got. Uh, that's uh, that's my number five. Number four, I'm gonna go with Spartacus fight to the death. It's a very kind of boring action sequence if you look at it that way but it is very early and a lot of those things have been taken for later things like throwing the the trident up into uh, the crowd and mm-hmm. that kind of thing and the the gladiator trying to escape and getting killed so um it, it just for what it led to i'm gonna put that there uh number three thunderdome two men enter one man leaves the uh master blaster battle because you know That's bungee good. cords and chainsaws is mm-hmm possibly the name of this episode just saying. uh <laughs> number two the hulk thor battle because it's funny it's action-packed it's well done mm-hmm. yes the the i work with him was written by a, a kid that was visiting the scene from like make a wish so all of that stuff is awesome he's a friend from work yes <laughs> and number one gladiator uh the movie gladiator the are you not entertained one although there are some. Uh, I watched all of those battles on YouTube. This I was going to say there could have been like multiple entrants from that movie on these lists. Yeah, I mean, even the last one where it's just like that slow, where it's pushing the knife. Yeah, like slowly pushing the knife and like the way they edit it was great. Mm-hmm. So that will be my number one. The are you not entertained thing? Okay. So what's who's next? Omar, you want to go next? Sure. Um, My number 30 is? I do have six. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've got honorable mention, so you're good. Okay. <laughs> um, these are in no particular order because they are all good for different reasons. Um, <clears throat> oh, I am going to do it. There is a specific number one that I'm going to do. But, um, yeah, I did the the Beyond Thunderdome as well. 
with Master Blaster because it's awesome. Um, I have Thor versus Hulk because that scene that's just such a great it's such a great scene. Um, I also have Spartacus with Kirk Douglas because um, that's just classic and Stanley Kubrick was the dude and uh, and he really that really did set the tone for the genre. Um, I have the you know the movie Gladiator in general. There's so many great scenes, but of course the Are You Not Entertained is 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 amazing. Um, I for my number one, my honorable mention will go to Luke Skywalker versus oh the creature. The yeah, and yeah, when when he he falls down into the into the little um, and into that like little caged area, and I can't remember the name of the creature. Job of the Hutt's Palace. Is yeah, the Rancor monster. Yeah, that's it. Rancor pit. Yeah, because that's damn it, I missed that one. Yeah, too. that's like mm-hmm. that's a that's a great. I mean, he he didn't want to be there for sure. Um, my number one though, and this is there's no specific one scene. Um, there was a, a really really good show. It had I think three seasons. And it was called Spartacus Blood and Sand, or Blood and Steel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. And actually, the first season, the guy who plays Spartacus, um, he apparently died after the first season, so he was replaced mm-hmm. um, in the second and third seasons. Damn. Um, but and I heard it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same, but it was still good because the writing was still solid, and and the the. Um, it was still a good storyline, but it but it wasn't the mm-hmm. same. Like the original guy that they had as Spartacus was, he just he just nailed it. He matched it so perfectly. But it was such a great show. I mean, if you could mm-hmm. get a chance mm-hmm. to see it, I think it was originally on um, Stars or something like that. Maybe Showtime. I think Stars. But if you can catch that, um, Spartacus Blood and Sand, uh, Blood and Steel, Sand Steel. Um, each season seemed to have its own title. So like I think season one was Spartacus Blood and Steel, and the the ones afterwards were Spartacus blah 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 something different, but same storyline, really really good, lots of great gladiator scenes, highly recommended. Yeah, it's very good. Excellent. Um, and a uh, one of the main characters is a uh, is Lucy Lawless, who uh, just kills it. She does a great job. Xena. Yeah, yeah. She's really good in this. Awesome. Okay, Rob. Take us home. Alright. Well, I I will eliminate my my modern gladiators and just put them as honorable mentions. Because I had Rocky versus Drago as well as uh Daniel Sun versus Chosen hmm. in Karate Kid 2. Hmm. Um I did have Mad Max, but I think I'm going to go with a scene from a movie that I did not like, but the scene gave me what it was I wanted to see from the movie, and that's an entire arena full of Jedi uh, fighting a bunch of bugs. But I'm going to go with uh, the, the, the... scene where Anakin and Padme are, are chained up in Clone Wars yeah, in the, the arena with the giant locust and rhino thing and yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then the Jedi come to the rescue and the clones and then you've got this big massive battle in the middle of the arena yep forgot about good that stuff. yeah that's a good one 
Battle of at Geonosis. number four, what's that? Battle of Geonosis. Yeah, I believe happened right after that. Yep. At number four, I'm going to put another another arena battle like that in a movie that I think was underrated, and that's John Carter. Never saw where it. he fights the big white ape things or whatever they are. It's good. It's better than it did. Yes, it, it's better than it got credit for. Uh, my understanding is it just was marketed poorly. That is true. That is part of it, yes. At number three, this might be stretching it, but I don't care because it's an awesome scene, a lot of great special effects, a lot of people trying to kill the main character, and that's the motorball sequence from Alita at the end of the movie. Ah. Okay. At number two, we've got Thor versus Hulk. Great gladiator sequence. And at number one, I do have a gladiator battle from the movie Gladiator. It is not the same one. I thought about the Are You Not Entertained one, but that one was just so short and so quick, and he just was so brutal about it and was over too fast. But the one between Maximus and Tigris and the Tigers, that made my number one. Uh, that was a good one as well. That was good. All of them, all of those scenes were good. Mm-hmm. They did some really epic battle sequences in in Gladiator. I mean, and the other one I thought of was the 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 one where they first where they first introduced Maximus as the slave or whatever, and he comes out and he gets all the slaves to work together. The Battle of uh, Carthage, I believe. Oh yeah, um, they do the fake the Carthage, and they yeah. do the shield yeah, wall yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. and mm-hmm. they win when they're not supposed to win, and that was actually a really good one as well. That was well done. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're done. So you heard that there was a voicemail in there, out there, listeners, and that voicemail came from one of our patrons, patron of unusual size, Alec. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to be a patron, you could also send in lists and voicemails and emails and all that. Well, you can do emails regardless, but you can do voicemails. Uh, you can chat with us. You can suggest terrible movies. You can <laughs> yell at us when we pick terrible movies. You can. Uh, there was a, a quite the list of random crap that happened in the chat room this week. Uh, you don't. It's five dollars a month to join up and help us out with various costs and things along those lines. Um, you know, uh, server costs and recording costs and all that. So if you want to check that out and see what you get, you can go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast next. Uh, so, uh, who's, uh, Omar, you're on contact. I think, even though I think that got messed up, but you're also on the movie pick next week. You can't tell them now because they're not people listening aren't patrons, but just be aware. You, you actually have to pick a movie for the first time in like three months, and you know I'm going to pick. You're still on your 90 days. If you say "Sound of Thunder," I am going to drive to your house tonight <laughs> and club you to death in your sleep. I'll see you at 1 a.m. <laughs> and then he's going to put on your. And he's going to put on your skin. I'll pick and something. Go to go to work tomorrow, and he's going to teach poorly so that you get bad reviews. I'm gonna, uh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick. I'll I'll do it now. I'm gonna pick something just like a really bad '80s movie, um, Aliens. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. That's a great movie. God, please don't kill me. <laughs> Scott's gonna murder. That's me. what I was gonna say. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Just kidding. That's a great movie. I'm joking. Um, speaking of killing me, you can tell me how terrible I am. Um, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Uh, a good way to do it is give me five podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can go to give me five podcast.com just to kind of see what's up on our website. Um, on Facebook, there's give me five pod. Um, on at uh, at give me five pod on Twitter and Instagram. 
Um, that's F-I-V-E, not the number five. Please don't type in the number five because I don't know where that's going to take you. Um, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast app you might be using. Reviews go a long way to help us out. Um, you can tell me why everything that I say is wrong. I'm cool with that, especially if it's regarding the 80s. Um, <laughs> so uh, let us know. Let us know what you think. Pretty please with a cherry on top. And as usual, thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. And remember, we want you to give us five. To a time we-